seat this morning. All right, well, we're in a, in a series about uh, just the basics, right? And what we're trying to do is just um, remind ourselves, I guess, or make ourselves aware of some, some basic kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, so today we just look at a, a basic concept, a basic awareness uh, around the Holy Spirit. And when you, when you hear it, it'll probably be one of those things, because it's basic, that you say, oh, okay, all right, cool, got it, remember. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things that I think often... Uh, we, we just kind of take for granted or we just kind of uh, forget when it comes to this understanding about the Holy Spirit. And, and to prove that to you, I'm going to do a little exercise with you this morning. Uh, no, we're not going to you know, pump iron and you know, sweat a lot. Just a little mental thing with you. Uh, so it's real simple. What I'm going to do is ask you just uh, when you think about uh, the person of God the Father, um, what picture comes to mind? Can you get a picture of God the Father? In your head? Okay, got that one, right? All right, so now when you think about the person of uh, Jesus, can you, can you grab a picture of that in your head? You with me? Pretty easy so far. How about this one? When you think about the person of the Holy Spirit, can you grab a picture in your head? A little tougher? A little tougher, isn't it? I mean, God the Father thing's pretty good. A little, you know, older guy with a long gray beard maybe or something, you know. I mean, uh, we, can, we can do that, you know. Uh, kind of uh, get that, that picture of uh, who's the guy I just watched the movie last night with the, you know, the so-and-so, the white, you know. I forget it. I don't remember. What's the guy's name? He came back as so-and-so, the white in the Two Towers thing. Gandalf! Yeah, Gandalf. Don't you get, thank you, there you go. Don't you get like the Gandalf thing going, right? I mean, the white and the stick and the, you know, there you go, the Gandalf thing. Yeah, that works. Uh, you know, and then you do Jesus and, okay, I mean, we've got portraits around and pictures. Kind of get that. But, you know, when you do the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, I mean, what's the picture? Uh, I mean, so often we kind of go with a with the Star Wars kind of approach to the Holy Spirit, right? Kind of the, the force be with you, right? Right? And, and that is Star Wars. That's not Star Trek. I don't want to mix them up like some people in our world do lately. No, no, no. That's Star Wars. I'm on top of it, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, but isn't that true? We kind of get this Star Wars thing going where it's, you know, kind of the, the, the force be with you stuff, right? The problem for us is it is a basic teaching and a basic understanding that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit's a person. God the Father is a person. God the Son is a person. God the Holy Spirit is equally a person. And we can go into Scripture and we can see over and over in Scripture where it refers to the Holy Spirit and it always understands the Holy Spirit with that identity as, as person. If you go to John 14, for instance, Jesus says to his disciples, If you love me, you'll do what I command. Then I'll ask the Father to send you the Holy Spirit who will help you and always be with you. The Spirit will show you what is true. The people of this world cannot accept the Spirit. Now, so far, every time he's referred to the Spirit, it's always been calling him by name, right? Okay, you with me? Spirit, right? Now look what happens. People of this world cannot accept the Spirit because they don't see or know him. What is that? Him. Well, him is him. That's referring to 
a person. I mean, if it were the Star Wars kind of thing, it would be they can't see him or know it, right? They can't see or know it. But that's not what the Bible does. The Bible always refers to the Holy Spirit in an understanding that the Holy Spirit, just like the Father and just like the Son, is a person. And we can see that all the way back to Genesis, when you go into the creation accounts, where Genesis understands this relationship of Trinity, this three-in-one, this three-personhood of God, of of the Godhead, right? God said, now we will make humans, and they will be like us. We will let them rule the fish, the birds, and all the other living creatures. So God created humans to being like himself. He made them men and women. You see in all of that, that there's always a reference that is relative to a person. A person. When it comes to understanding the basics about the Holy Spirit, the first place we start is just understanding the Holy Spirit is a person. Why is that important? I can prove to you why that's important. You you know this experience I'm going to describe, right? You get on the telephone and you call corporate America out there and you call their helpline, right? You call corporate America out there and you get into their their uh, uh, animated system, right? And it says, press one for this, press two for that, press three for that. So you press one, two, or three. And then you get another voice saying, press this for that, press those for that, and this for that. And you press another one. And then you get another voice, press this for that, press this for that. And before you go too long, through about eight layers of pressing, right, what do you find yourself doing? Here's what I do. I now am hollering at the phone saying, agent representative, right? Why do I do that? Because I just want a person. Isn't that right? I just want a person. Now, why do I just want a person? Because I know how to relate to a person. I know how to relate to a person. I know about people. I know how to, how to interact with a person. And, and I assume that people will know equally how to interact with me as a person. For us to understand that the Holy Spirit, basic, basic understanding, the Holy Spirit is a person is vital to us because it helps us understand how to interact with the presence of God in our life, to interact with this person. I mean, first of all, Scripture can tell us that, well, yes, the Holy Spirit's a person, and when you're interacting with this person, you've you got to know how to interact because you can offend the Holy Spirit. You, you, it's a person, and, and, and people can get offended. In fact, I just put three places up here on the, on the screen where, where the Scripture says, look, this is, this is place, you've got to watch out how you relate to the person of the Holy Spirit because, well, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You can grieve, it's a person. Be careful how you relate, because you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Watch what you're doing here, because you can lie to the Holy Spirit. right? Be be careful what you're doing, because you can quench the Holy Spirit in your life. You see, all of that is our understanding of, listen, that's how people relate. When we get the basic and we understand, listen, the Holy Spirit is a person. It helps us understand how we can relate to the Holy Spirit and equally how the Holy Spirit can relate into our lives. That's what's vital. That's why it's so basic for us. 
we understand the Holy Spirit as a person. Because we understand the Holy Spirit was given for that person, for that purpose, to be a person who is divinely relating into our lives and with whom we are equally relating back. Just like people relating to people. We get that from Scripture. We get that understanding when we get the basic awareness that the Holy Spirit was given to be this personal resident of the divine uh, in our lives. If you look at uh, what Jesus says in John 14 again, you know, Jesus is talking to his disciples, already followers. He says, look, you love me. You do what I command. I'm going to ask the Father to send you the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you, but he's also going to do what? He's always going to be where? With you. He's a resident. He's a resident. He's going to always be with you. And the Spirit's going to show you what is true. And, and the people of this world can't accept the Spirit because they don't see him or know him, this person. But you know this person, the Spirit, who is with you and will keep on living in you. You see, the Spirit is a person. And this person is given to us as a divine residence in our life. This gift, we have this incredible gift to relate to a divine presence of God in our life. And he comes to us in a form that we know how to relate to. A person. A person. That's why it's vital for us. If you look at 1 Corinthians 6, uh, Paul affirms this reality of this presence of the divine in our lives. He says, you surely know that your body is the temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit is in you and is a gift from God. You are no longer your own. You see, this person, this divine companion, comes to be in the midst of our lives as a person. Why is that important? Well, not only because we know how to relate to people, right? And so how can we relate to this person and how does this person relate to us? But equally to know we don't face circumstances alone. We have a companion. I mean, isn't it easier in your life? I mean, which would you rather do when it's dark, late at night, and you're, uh, you're leaving some building somewhere, and you've got to walk from the building to the far end of the parking lot? Which would you rather do, do that all alone or with a divine companion? Easy answer there, right? I mean, don't we always feel better when, when we have a, a companion with us? When, when we have this companion with us? I mean, God understands that nature about ourselves. And so the Spirit is given to be that divine companion that faces those circumstances with us. And Scripture makes it clear, Jesus makes it clear, we, we need that. Because the circumstances, if you're a Christ follower, are not always going to be easy. They're not always going to be easy. That's just up front. And so we need a person to walk with us. We need that divine companion to walk with us. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, look, go through the narrow gate. The gate to destruction wide, uh, the road that leads there is easy. That's the easy route. A lot of people are going to go the easy route. But the gate to life is very narrow. The road that leads there is what? So hard to follow. You see that? It's going to be hard. We, we, that's up front. It's going to be hard. And God knows that. It's going to be hard. And Jesus knows that. He walked the hard road. And so a divine companion is given to us for our good so that we know a person who's walking through the hard stuff with us. 
Jesus describes that that hard stuff is going to be there, not just because the world is broken, but because you're going you're gonna to stand for him. And when you stand for him, you're going to face some tough stuff. He says, look, be on your guard. You're, you're going to be taken to courts, beaten with whips in their meeting places. Uh, because of me, you'll have to stand before rulers and kings and tell them about your faith. And before the end comes, the good news is going to be preached to all nations. But now look at this. When you're arrested, don't worry about what to say. You'll be given the right words when the time comes. But you will not really be the one speaking. Your words will come from where? Your divine companion. This person that is facing every circumstance in your life with you. That's the wisdom of God. God knows we relate to people, relate to persons. And so this divine companion, the Holy Spirit, comes to be that person uh, in our lives. We shouldn't be surprised by that because we know that we need that. I mean, when we read the list of everything that the Holy Spirit does, the names that Scripture gives the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's like an awesome great list that we want in our lives, right? It's John 14. I'll ask the Father. He'll give you another. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. I think... I. Personally, I kind of like the last one, the standby one. It's like, you know, have you ever fly, flown on the airline standby? I mean, it's like knowing there's always another person just right there on standby for you. Isn't that an awesome thought? I mean, everything on that list is good. And that's the person of the Holy Spirit come to do and work in our lives. And we can relate to that person. Now, let me show you how important this is for us. Because we see the example of it in Jesus' own life. And, and this is one of those things in Scripture that a lot of people can, can easily just kind of miss, okay? This is, Jesus is just after his baptism. And at his baptism, right, what happens? He gets baptized not only by John with water, but who shows up at his baptism? The person of the Holy Spirit, Right? So the person of the Holy Spirit shows up at his baptism, and look what happens next. It says, then Jesus, full of and controlled by, what? The Holy Spirit. You see that? Returned from the Jordan and was led in by the Holy Spirit. So what's going on in his life? He now has the divine companion overshadowing his life. Now, remember, this is Jesus we're talking about. This is Jesus. He now is full of, controlled by the Holy Spirit. And he goes out for 40 days in the wilderness where he was tempted, tried, tested exceedingly by the devil. Why is this important? Do you realize that when Jesus went out there and was tempted by the evil one, it was two against one? It was two against one. It was the Holy Spirit. Jesus was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus and his divine companion, the Holy Spirit, going against the evil one. It was two against one. Like the odds? Not bad. I mean, that, if you understand the basics of this and you understand the Spirit is given for you in your life to be that kind of divine companion, it means whatever you're going to face in your life, you don't have to face alone. It's always going to be two against one. Two against one. The odds are always in your favor because you have been given the gift of 
the Holy Spirit, the divine companion. And that's why Jesus says, look, the Spirit's coming is to your advantage. He's with his disciples. He's preparing them for his arrest and for his departure, right? For his death and departure. Uh, and he says, however, I'm telling you nothing but truth. I'm going to tell you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Now, imagine you're the disciples who've been hanging out with Jesus, seeing him do all the stuff that he's been doing for three years, and he comes along and says, now i got a good deal for you. The good deal is I'm going to go away. I mean, can you imagine their response? It's like, well, can we talk about this? And he said, no, 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 you don't understand. This is to your advantage. This is for your good. This is a positive thing in your life. I mean, he's telling us, look, this is the way it works. God thinks so much about us that he will not leave us alone. It is to our advantage. It is for our good to have the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Why? Because it's always two against one. It's always two against one. He says, look, I'm going to go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, ancestor, strengthener, and standby, he can't come to you and be in close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I'll send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. It's to our advantage. This basic understanding, it's to our advantage. To know that when we, as a Christ follower, walk through our lives, whatever we face, whatever is going on, the odds are always in our favor. It's always two against one. Now, so far, you're probably with me and saying, well, okay, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. But, you know, here's the other side of it. The other side we have to understand is the Holy Spirit is his own person. In that the Holy Spirit will act in our lives according to the Holy Spirit's desire and will, not according to our own. So you look at Hebrews 2. It says, God gave witness uh, to it through signs and wonders. He gave witness through different kinds of miracles. He also gave witness through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gave them out as it pleased you. No. As it pleased who? Him. That's the way it works. See, the Holy Spirit's going to be our divine companion. The Holy Spirit's always going to work in our lives. It's always going to be for our good, but it's always going to be according to the purposes and the desires of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always acts consistent with what the purpose and the desire and the will of the Father is, just as Jesus did. That's the way it works. See, it's not like this little thing that we like to take down to Florida or out to Arizona with us. Any of you own some of those things? That's that little personal fan thing that you squirt water, you know, and you kind of, you know, you'd, oh, this is good, this is good, right? And you just kind of spray that on you, and you get to direct it where you want, and when the kids are bugging you, you're just kind of like, oh, here, you know, and they go running off, and, it, you know, you like that thing, right? Why, why do you like that thing? Well, you like that thing because you have total control about where you're going to, you know, spray, right? Where are you going to get the wind and the fan? And, and, you know, it's good because you're under total control, right? That's not the way the Holy Spirit works. We don't have control over this divine companion. We don't get to decide what the Holy Spirit will or won't do. We don't get to say where the Holy Spirit can be or can't be involved. It's to our advantage 
to just be able to say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Whatever you want, it's good. However you desire, it is for my benefit. Why? Well, if you go to 1 Corinthians 12, Paul reminds us the Holy Spirit is going to just do what is right according to what he chooses. He says, and these gifts, achievements, and abilities are inspired and they're brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to do all this good stuff. Why? Who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. Notice it says he apportions to each person individually as the Holy Spirit chooses. When you relate to this person, when you invite this person in, this person is going to work according to your individual circumstances and your individual needs and your individual experiences, but always according to his purposes. Are you following me? The great thing is whatever he chooses, whatever the Holy Spirit chooses, is going to always be for our our best. He is always going to work in a way and a will that is always going to be for our best. And it's always going to be according to his desire. In John 3, he describes it as that wind. It says, only God's spirit gives new life. The spirit is like the wind that blows wherever it wants to. But why does it blow where it wants to? Well, look at John 16. It says, Jesus says, I have, I have much more to say to you, but, but now it wouldn't, wouldn't be, more, it'd be more than you could understand. The Spirit shows what is true and will come to guide you into full truth. And the Spirit doesn't speak on his own. He will tell you only what he has heard from me, and he will let you know what's going to happen. The Spirit will bring glory to me by taking my message and telling it to you. How is the Spirit going to always act? Well, this person is always going to act for our good because he's always going to be working to make Christ real and glorified in our lives. What's better than that? He's always going to be working to make Christ real and glorified in our lives. And that's why we can relate to him as a person and just invite this person to be filling us up and in control of our lives, just like it was for Jesus. Remember when he went and met the devil, it said he was full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so whatever the Spirit wants to do is always going to be good because it's always going to make Jesus real in our life and it's always going to glorify Christ. What can be better than that? That's what it's for. Jesus says, I have told you these things while I'm still with you. But the Holy Spirit will come and help you. Because the Father will send the Spirit to do what? Take my place. Take my place. See, so often we look at those disciples and say, wow, man, those guys had it made. They got to walk with Jesus, and they got to see Him do miracles, and they got to listen to everything He said. I mean, those guys really had it made, right? He just said, so do you. I mean, if you're, if you're a sold-out Christ follower, He just said, so do you. That the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, is here to do the very same thing in your life. But it starts with a basic understanding. 
that the Holy Spirit is that person. And like the disciples needed to follow the person of Jesus, we need to invite the Holy Spirit in. We need to surrender and say, Holy Spirit, whatever you choose. Holy Spirit, whatever you desire. Holy Spirit, just come in and work however you choose. For us, it's that basic understanding, that good news that is to our advantage to have this divine companion filling up our lives and controlling our lives and for us to just invite, invite, invite this person and say, Holy Spirit, come and work. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the incredible gift that you give us. We know it's to our advantage. We know you're always thinking about our good. We know you're always working in a way that just uh, elevates and makes Christ real in our lives and, and elevates him and brings glory to him. But we know that's also for our good. We can't imagine of a better place to be. So, Father, we come to you today and we just ask that you would fulfill the promise you made in Scripture and just work to our advantage and give us that incredible gift of the person of the Holy Spirit and help us to learn from this moment on to just relate to him and to just receive everything that he wants to do in our life and know that we're never going to walk alone. It's always going to be the odds in our favor because it's two against one when we just relinquish and invite that person to fill us up and to be in control of our lives. So, Father, we come to you today. We thank you for this great gift, for this person loose in our life. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.